This is Morning Edition on NHPR. I'm Rick Ganley, and this is the New Hampshire News Recap. Every Friday, we dig into the week's top headlines. Opponents to President Biden's new vaccine mandate protested at the State House on Tuesday. Governor Sununu announced he'll work with other governors to challenge the mandate, and the Executive Council voted to block contracts for health centers that provide abortion services in the Granite State. Joining us now to talk about it is NHPR reporter Todd Bookman and Josh Rogers. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. All right, let's talk with uh, t- start with the uh, President Biden's announcement of this new vaccine mandate last week, requiring businesses with over 100 employees to to mandate COVID vaccination or weekly COVID tests. And this week, we heard a lot of opposition to that plan, including here in New Hampshire, protesters filling the State House Plaza on Tuesday. Now, Republican lawmakers had planned a, a press conference that that morning to criticize the president's mandate, but they actually ended up being targeted by some of the protesters' anger. Josh, can, can you tell me more about what you saw at the State House? Well, it, it was quite a scene. It, it really almost felt like a Tea Party uh, rally that we might have had a, a decade ago. And, you know, House Republican leaders did um, call a press conference where they were expected to announce their opposition to the Biden mandate. And they, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, meanwhile, anti-vaccine uh, groups organized a rally. These things coincided and Republicans hit the podium seemingly expecting that a very pro forma, uh, this is executive overreach, you know, we're not going to have that in New Hampshire, contact the federal delegation to fight this kind of message with with a real partisan tinge was going to, uh, you know, move this sort of crowd and have everybody on the same page. It just really, you know, wasn't that. A, a lot of the people who showed up at this rally want far more than, than essentially a partisan press conference. And some of these people were holding signs saying things like, I'll die before I comply. And, you know, I saw a f- man wearing a T-shirt saying the final variant is communism. So, you know, some of these people were really out there. There were, fo- there were folks, you know, carrying guns, which which is not uncommon at statehouse rallies. But, you know, again, this had a real Tea Party feel. And this was not... Um, a crowd game to spare Republican lawmakers uh, their frustration. And your know, House leaders were ill-equipped to handle it when the House jeered them. And it, it, it definitely got messy. Um, why don't we take a listen to, to House Speaker Sherman Packard uh, try to, uh, I guess you could say, engage these folks. You're yelling at the wrong people. We'll help. We're out here to try and help you. Now you're attacking us. Yeah, he really seemed like he was kind of pushed back on his heels a little bit, Josh. You know, like 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 Speaker Packard said, it seems like the Republicans and protesters, they have the same opinions on these vaccine mandates and mask mandates. Why, why are some of these protesters rallying against GOP leaders? Well, a lot of these folks didn't like the restrictions, uh, COVID restrictions put in place by Governor Sununu. There was a lot of chanting of where's Sununu, uh, you know, the governor. Uh, wasn't around and has said that, you know, he had nothing to do with this event and has sort of brushed off uh, brushed off requests uh, for comment largely on this. And, you know, th- this, you know, this caught Republicans off guard. And, and um, you know, in some ways you could consider this crowd's expectations that state lawmakers could necessarily do a lot about a federal mandate is is kind of touching. I mean, in some ways, you know, it's obviously kind of delusional when it comes to the legislature's actual power to resist this. They don't have um, any tools at their disposal. And, you know, Republicans assume that, you know, presumed shared antipathy towards the Biden administration um, was going to put everyone, uh, you know, on, on the same page. That was a miscalculation. And we, you know, we really ended up with 
as you as you heard, Speaker Packard losing it, and mm-hmm. um, you know, interesting questions about going forward. I mean, this was a crowd Republicans presumed would be on their side, and you know, at the one uh, small uh, upshot of this rally, and and the, what what happened is that we had a one Republican lawmaker. Uh, Bill Marsh, a, a retired physician, leave the Republican Party over what he sees as the anti-vaccine stance uh, of his party. And he said he's a, he a declared Democrat now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Governor Sununu held a press conference the next day uh, on Wednesday where he also criticized the president's vaccine mandate. Todd, I want to ask you, is the governor planning on challenging the mandate legally? What can he do? Well, the governor did say that, yes, he would look to join any lawsuits that do arise. Uh, He reiterated what Josh just said, which is that there doesn't appear to be any way uh, for New Hampshire to pass its own law or rule to try to block this federal order. So so the challenge will likely come from states, Republican-led states. Uh, The catch is the rules for the mandate haven't yet been issued. They will come out of OSHA at some point. But until they do, there's nothing for anyone to sue over, according Mm -hmm. to the governor. But he and his attorney general are watching this closely. Uh, You know, this was a chance for Sununu to to sort of reiterate and at least say to his base and perhaps, you know, some of the folks who attended the rally that that he is on their side in the mandate uh, fight. You know, this is something that he is now repeating. Um, At the same time, he does continue to say he's very pro-vaccine. Yeah. I mean, there's some posturing here. As you said, there's nothing to sue about quite yet legally. The governor has stressed that he's pro-vaccine and pro-science, as you say, but he does oppose mandates. Can you explain the governor's position here, Josh? Well, I can try. I mean, it it seems to be that his baseline is that he is anti-vaccine mandate that, you know, essentially mandating COVID vaccines, particularly before they're fully approved, would set a bad precedent that, that undercuts individual liberty. But you know, at, at this press conference you referred to, the governor, you know, talked for some time on this, and, and his views do have a little bit more nuance than just I'm against uh, mandates. Uh, you know, for instance, he said that it would be okay or at least accept, acceptable on procedural grounds for him if a mandate came via Congress or via a vote of state lawmakers. And, you know, the governor also allowed that he expects the COVID va- vaccine to ultimately be required for uh, for school attendance, for instance. And, you know, he said he believes the state does have the power to require its workforce uh, to get vaccinated. Um, that's something that Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker has done. But, you know, broadly, the governor's position, at least right now, is that any broad brush vaccine mandate um, is inappropriate and that mm-hmm. the governor should not be forcing individuals to get a COVID vaccine. Um you know, and, and particularly as the governor kept on reiterating on Wednesday, by the sweep of a pen, which is, you know, sort of an interesting emphasis from a guy who issued, you know, I can't remember how many pandemic-related executive orders himself mm-hmm. earlier this year. Yeah. Okay. Let's listen to a little bit of what uh, the governor had to say on Wednesday. Look, I'm as pro-vaccine as they come. But there is a, you also, my responsibility is also to understand the boundaries and limits of government to force things upon folks. It's a choice. And it always has been a choice. Well, of course, again, some vaccines are mandated for kids to go to school. This is not unprecedented. The state vaccination rate has been lagging over the last few months for COVID-19. Todd, what did the governor say the state is going to do to increase vaccination rates in lieu of mandates? Yeah, clearly the mandate is out. Uh, the governor has also repeatedly said uh, that he opposes any incentives. Uh, so no carrot, no stick. Uh, at this point, the state has its mobile vaccination vans. They're they're traveling around the state, hitting up uh, state parks and, and things like that. There's also money uh, flowing towards a marketing campaign. Uh, but over the last few few weeks, few months, really, we're, we're not really seeing the, the needle move too much on the mm-hmm. overall vaccination rate in the state. 
Sununu was asked about this Wednesday, and he didn't really present any new ideas uh, for how to get more people vaccinated. He just said the state will continue with its messaging, uh, you know, that the vaccines are safe. And he pointed out that they are readily available. Uh, at this point, there's more than something like 500 pharmacies, hospitals, clinics, supermarkets, you know, offering doses at the moment. Right. This is Morning Edition on NHPR. We are recapping this week's news with Todd Bookman and Josh Rogers. You can let us know your thoughts and questions, by the way, by sending us an email to voices at nhpr.org, or you can leave us a voice message anytime at 603-513-7790. Let's turn our attention to the Executive Council quickly. On Wednesday, the Council voted down contracts for reproductive health clinics that provide abortion services. But Todd, the public funds in question would not have been used to provide abortions. Is that correct? That's right. This money was for uh, what's considered reproductive health care services, uh, things like birth control, uh, pap smears, cervical cancer screenings, STI screenings and, and treatment. And these funds would go to clinics who then treat people with lower incomes. These are considered kind of safety net programs. Uh, Republicans on the council voted down the contracts uh, with clinics that also happen to perform abortion services. Again, this money wasn't and is not allowed to be used for abortion care. Uh, Counselors, including David Wheeler, though, on the council, they argued that the money uh, would essentially mingle with other money at a place like uh, like Planned Parenthood, uh, essentially that the funds can't be kept separate. The clinics, even auditors from the state said, no, there is no evidence of that sort of mingling of funds. But the GOP still voted down the contracts. Clearly, there is an ideological issue going on here. Yeah. Uh, should note that, that four contracts were approved uh, with health clinics that don't also offer abortion services. We've asked listeners to write in with their questions about this vote. And you can do the same again by sending us an email if you like. Um, we heard from uh, Morgan on Instagram writing, how will these reproductive rights blocks impact New Hampshire residents with uteruses? Todd, have you heard from reproductive and abortion rights activists about how this they will ultimately affect Granite Staters? Sure. Uh, there were representatives from, from Planned Parenthood, uh, as well as Lovering Health Center in Greenland, Equality Health here in Concord, uh, who attended the executive council meeting, who, who sort of rallied both before and afterwards. And, you know, they all spoke of their anger, of their frustration with the vote. Uh, They say there's a lot of misinformation uh, floating around. We've got a little tape here from uh, Dahlia Vidunas from Equality Health. Here's what she had to say. And that was a day that I never thought would happen, that based on partisan lines, people voted as to whether or not women can get adequate, appropriate health care here in New Hampshire. And that's just a really sad day for all of us. And, And to be Clear, people can still get these health treatments at these clinics, but with less public funds, uh, it means more out-of-pocket expenses for patients. The sliding scale sort of have to change, uh, puts more onus on the fundraisers for these clinics to, to raise more funds. And for, for people on Medicaid, it could mean traveling a greater distance for their care. So uh, what we're hearing from advocates is that these votes harm rural women, women who, who have lower incomes. They're the ones who are going to be impacted the most. Josh, Governor Sununu has said he identifies as pro-choice. What was his reaction to the executive council's decision? Well, he said he was not happy, um, you know, extremely disappointed. Um, what he did to try to avert this outcome. And, you know, there's a good chance maybe he couldn't in this political moment. You know, we don't really know, but um, he he can certainly expect to hear a lot about this, uh, regardless of what office he, he chooses to, to run for next. I mean, this has been an issue that Democrats and critics of him have, has gone at him before, you know, as an executive counselor back in uh, 
2015, he actually voted against one of these contracts himself as a counselor. He subsequently supported them, and he cast these contracts as something that governors of both parties have supported. Um, and, you know, he's going to hear a lot about this. Yeah, he's been trying to walk a line like that with this uh, politically for a while. Did, did the governor make any effort to sway the vote then? Well, he said he talked to counselors, but he also indicated that he he saw little chance that, that what he described as arm twisting would uh, carry the day. And, and maybe it wouldn't have, but it is interesting that this appears to be another example of Governor Sununu. And, you know, remember, he was an executive counselor before he was governor, not you know, being terribly um, interventionist or deft um, in dealing with the council. I mean, the governor controls the agenda. He knew these contracts were coming. Um, you could certainly see this dynamic at work when when Democrats controlled the council on, on some of his judicial nominations. And we're now seeing it on this issue when the council is under Republican control. And, you know, again, maybe there wasn't anything to be had on this. Um, but, you know, there's a possibility that if Sununu was going to engage a little bit more in a transactional fashion. He could have mustered the votes. I mean, the math is pretty simple. He knew the one Democrat on the council, Cindy Warmington, was going to vote for these. You know, their four other counselors are all Republican. He needed two of those. And, you know, he got none. So here we are. Todd, can the decision be challenged at all? What happens next? Uh, the, the governor said during his press conference afterwards that he would work uh, with DHHS to, to try to find other ways to use these funds. Uh, there were no specifics given. You know, it's possible that these contracts or amended contracts could be brought back before the council at some later date. Uh, I'm not sure anybody wants to, to ring that bell twice, though. Uh, the clinics say they'll look for other sources. But, but no, we haven't heard of any immediate fix uh, for this from the clinic's perspective. All right. We're going to have to leave it there. NHPR senior reporter Todd Bookman and our senior political reporter Josh Rogers in studio this morning. Thank you both for joining joining us. Good Thank to be you, with Rick. you, Rick. You can find more of their work, by the way, in all the stories that we talked about this morning at NHPR.org. And of course, you can tune into Morning Edition next Friday to hear another round of the New Hampshire News Recap, where we cover the top news of the week. I'm Rick Anley, and this is Morning Edition from NHPR.